Please be seated. We're going to open our Bibles now uh, to the book of Proverbs. We're going to be reading this morning from Proverbs chapter 16, uh, the first nine verses there. Uh, There's going to be other verses that we're going to be referring to, uh, but most of the ones that we'll look at will be in these nine verses. Uh, And Lisa is going to lead us in the reading this morning. Let's read. Proverbs 16, 1 to 9. To man belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. The Lord works out everything for his own ends, even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, a man avoids evil. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. Better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his step. Fantastic. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, Keep your Bibles handy. We're going to be referring to a few of those verses that we've just read, but also other verses throughout the book of Proverbs, uh, and it will be helpful for you if you can follow along as we do that. Now, as uh, some of you would know, we were on holidays a couple of weeks ago. Uh, We were planning to come back uh, on Tuesday evening. I had everything set out. We were going to arrive uh, late Tuesday evening, which gave me uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to plan this sermon. Not a lot of time, but enough. Uh, It was going to work out fine and I would have delivered this sermon two weeks ago. Uh, Instead, I'm delivering it this week because unfortunately in Christchurch, we rocked up to the airport to find that our plane was delayed by four hours. Um, It was something minor, a broken plane or something like that. And and so what can you do? Well, you wait. Uh, Four hours is not forever, but the issue was we had a connecting flight to Tasmania and we missed it. Tasmania being Tasmania, there's not a whole lot of other connecting flights, so there were no more flights that evening. So uh, we ended up being put up in a hotel by Virgin in Melbourne overnight. Um, Would have been great had it been just the two of us, but with two kids under four, not exactly a barrel of laughs. Eventually, uh, exhausted, we caught a flight the next morning and arrived back here pretty much a day after we'd expected to Uh, get here completely worn out, completely tired with all of my sermon writing plans out the window. Uh, It was time to search through the archives and thankfully I had one in Proverbs. But it makes me wonder and perhaps you've experienced uh, similar things, plans gone awry, uh, things popping up that you didn't expect. It makes me wonder why do we actually bother making plans at all? I mean they never seem to work out do they? Uh, Things change, something pops up that we didn't expect. Every time we think that we've got something pinned down Something else happens and it all changes again. Who knows what tomorrow holds? Why bother making plans at all? Uh, Of course, as Christians, we have another reason uh, to think that way because we know that God is also in control. I mean, God holds the future, so why should we bother making any plans? He already knows what's going to happen. Why bother thinking about it at all? Now, we might think like that from time to time, But what I've seen of my own life and of your lives 
is that the reality is we live the entire opposite. In fact, all we do is plan, isn't it? I mean, you have probably planned what your dinner is tonight. You've probably planned when you'll have your dinner. Uh, You have probably planned what will happen tomorrow. You may have made plans for next weekend. Uh, You might have planned holidays later in the year. You might plan your shopping trips. You may have planned your retirement, uh, houses you will build, investments you will make. We could go on forever. You will have dozens, if not hundreds, of plans that you have made. And we do it so often. We do it without thinking. Uh, Most often we actually do it with very little thought of God, don't we? We say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go there, I'm going to have that and then this will happen. Uh, And if we think, well, we've made a lot of plans and we're feeling guilty that we haven't thought about God, we say, you know, God willing at the end and it makes us feel a bit better. Neither extreme is particularly good, neither is particularly healthy. So what is? What is? How can we actually make wise plans for the future? How can we make right plans for the future? Well, thankfully the book of Proverbs has a few suggestions for us and that's what we're going to see this morning. Now, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, when you read uh, the book of Proverbs, which I encourage you to do, you'll meet again and again this refrain that repeats itself. It changes form a little bit, but the essential thought is the same. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It is the motto of Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wise living starts with, rests upon, having God at the centre of everything, the basis of everything. That is a wise life. And that's true for future planning too. You might have picked it up in the verses that Lisa read before. Uh, Look at chapter 16, verses 1, 3 and 9. To man belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. Verse 3, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Verse 9. In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Uh, we can't live day to day. We, we, we know that. Uh, Proverbs does not trying to make us live day to day. There is room for planning here. and In fact, planning is encouraged. It is good. But in order to make plans for the future, we must do them in the right way. That is what Proverbs is encouraging us to. And it's saying to us, in all of our planning, what we must certainly do is acknowledge the planner. We make plans, but we must always submit them to God, the planner. After all, as we just read, from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. And if you look at the end of chapter 16, verse 33, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Now this is uh, submitting our plans to God. It's not like submitting your building plans to council. This is far bigger, far uh, more important because the Bible is telling us, Proverbs is telling us, God is the planner who doesn't just plan parts of life but everything. After all, he created everything. We saw at the start of the service, he governs everything and directs everything. Uh, He does it wisely according to his will all around us. His plan is unfolding even today. And every corner of our lives, even our plans, fit into his. Chapter 19 verse 21 tells us this. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Man plans, but God acts. And God's plan is always achieved. 
uh, we, we see that perhaps most clearly in the pivotal moment of God's plan, uh, the moment of Jesus' death. We, we see the lead up, the Gospels record that for us, the, the rulers plotting, uh, Judas setting it into motion. We see a rigged trial, an apathetic cr- uh, judge, a, a frenzied crowd that, that all brought this into being. Uh, there was no forcing at any stage there. It was not as if men acted uh, uh, under compulsion. Uh, every, every step was their clear plan, was their, their clear intent, was their free choice. And yet only weeks after that event, uh, Peter can reflect in, in his sermon like this. He says, This man, Jesus, was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. See, what he's saying is they planned. They decided that this would happen. They did so freely, uh, utterly responsible for their actions. But it turns out all of it along was God's set purpose. It was according to God's foreknowledge. Actually, he was in control the whole time. God is achieving his plan. Even when it looks like it's failing, even when it looks like everything has gone wrong, God is achieving his plan. And his plan is good. His plan is to redeem in Jesus a people for himself out of sin, uh, to remake that people, to send them to the world, to announce his name and his ways. Uh, His plan is a plan that spans the globe and includes every moment of our lives. And so in all our planning, in all our thinking of the future, we must keep his plan and his power in mind. Uh, when I was a kid, our, our church um, ran cadets, a boys youth club, uh, and we had camps every year. Uh, we'd go for a camp, usually to the same spot, uh, between Longford and Hadsman, uh, on the South Esk River. And if, if you've ever been there, you'll know the river is wide, um, it's fairly deep. We always used to go there at the end of summer, so we'd always be swimming in the river. It was quite nice. But the thing is, even though the river is wide, even though it's deep, and even though it looks quite slow... It's actually really deceptive. Uh, You go for a swim, you end up a couple of metres away from the bank and before you know it, you're heading downstream at a rate of knots. It's it's, it's remarkable. Well, you're young, you're a bit dumb, you think, well, the best solution to this is I'm going to swim upstream. After all, reasonably good swimmer, it's only a river, we should be able to swim out of this. And so you do, you put your head down, you start swimming like crazy, you give it your best effort, you swim for about a minute and you think, Great, I've made so much distance, I'm going to be upstream of the camp, I'll just float back down to where we're staying. And so you pop your head up and you look up and what do you see? You're actually another couple hundred metres further downstream than when you started. Uh, You've got no chance. Uh, You're going to be walking back. And that's how we act in God's plan. God's plan rolls on like a river. It is inevitable, it is unstoppable. We act in it, we do so freely of our own accord. But regardless of what we do, his plan rolls on. Nothing thwarts it, nothing turns it aside. And even our actions, our decisions are in it and part of it. As we read before, it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Now we don't do it so much uh, anymore, but we used to pay lip service to this. Um, Particularly in in the, the, the Dutch circles, in the churches, uh, when we made plans, when we wrote letters, you would often see at the, uh, the, the end of them, in brackets, uh, the letters DV. I can never remember the Latin, so we always said it was De Lord Villing in the good Dutch accent. That's essentially what it means. 
But when I, when I think about that, when we used to see that, we think, is that all that we need to do? You know, if we make plans and we just write DV on the end and you know, that makes it a, a good plan or a godly plan, because it, it seems kind of trite, doesn't it? It seems too easy. Write a plan, write those letters and then everything's okay. What does this actually look like to plan acknowledging God's planning? Well, I'm going to make the assumption here this morning that you're not trying to deliberately plan against God. Um, That's always a bad idea. But even if you're not trying to do that, there is still an enormous scope for you to act in, isn't there? What do you do? How do you plan? How How do you seek God's will? knowing that he always achieves his plan. Well, there's a few things. Uh, perhaps most obviously is we should pray. We, we, we should be saturating our, our plans in prayer, prayer that God would show us his plan, that he would reveal his ways and his wisdom to us, that he would make us wise to help us uh, be able to see what good plans and good choices are. Uh, we should heed his word, which may not tell us specifics uh, for our life, but teaches us good principles to guide us. We should use the community he's given to us. And then within that, we are simply free to act. I mean, after all, God is achieving his plan. He's not going to let you stuff it up. It doesn't work like that. Even if you do something big or bad, it will not adjust his plan. There will be consequences to your choices. Uh, consequences that may be good, consequences that may be hard, but regardless of what you decide, it will be within God's plan. We don't need to fear that you know, we might make a bad decision and somehow end up with God's second best plan because that's not how it works. There is no second best plan, there is just God's plan. And so instead we seek that, we make our plans and we simply trust him. Now that doesn't mean if you pray or if you write DV on the end of your plans that they will automatically always turn out. Uh, If only it was that easy. It won't go to you according to plan sometimes. It won't go to your plan, that is. But it will always go to God's plan. And that will always be for your good. Because that is God's plan for his people. Surprising as it sometimes is, hard as it sometimes is, it is always for the good of his people. Now even if you commit your plans to God most wholeheartedly, most earnestly, we need to understand and remember that they might not work out. That they sometimes might not come to pass as we'd hoped. And we need to be willing to accept that when it happens. We need to make plans uh, but not marry our plans I mean, I don't know if you see it in yourself, I see it in myself and in in others. You know, we get so wedded to our plans that if something changes or if something derails them, it completely throws us. You know, we we fall to pieces or we fly off the handle, we don't know what to do. It's a mistake. Because what we need to remember is that God is planning too. And even if our plans are derailed, his never are. And his plans always work out for our best. We need to learn to trust If God is changing our plans, it is for our good. We might not see how, we might never see how that is, but his plan is always what is best. And we need to trust him in that. After all, the great planner is the Lord. And if you saw that as we read those verses, 
It is the Lord. It is Yahweh, God's covenant name. He is reminding us that in all our plans, in all that happens, he is the God who has given himself to us, who has committed to be with us and never leave us, who has loved us and will for always love us, the God who has saved us. And he is a God who most certainly has our best in mind. So plan your retirement, uh, plan it wisely, plan it in line with scripture, plan a family, uh, do so well as God wills, plan holidays, plan renovations, plan careers, whatever it might be, use what you have and plan well. Uh, Chapter 16 verse 3 says, commit to the Lord, the word is literally roll. Uh, We're being told, roll your plans unto God. Uh, let Let their burden, let their outcome, let the things that are in or out of your control Roll it all onto him. Let it rest on him and simply trust him. Trust him and let him bear them, whatever may come to pass. For there is great freedom and there is great peace. Now you probably won't end up where you thought and that's okay because wherever you end up, you'll always be in God's plan. It might be unexpected, it might be difficult, but it will always be good his people. Now not only has God given us the ability uh, and freedom to make plans but he has also given us means to help us in doing that. And one of the means that God has given us to help us plan wisely is easily accessible and totally underused and that means is each other. It is the community that he has given us, the family of God Here's what uh, Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisers they succeed. In chapter 20 verse 18, Make plans by seeking advice. If you wage war, obtain guidance. The principle, get help. It is wise to seek help. It is not a guarantee. Uh, It's not a guarantee that if you have five advisers or ten advisers or twenty advisers, that all of your plans from then on will succeed and and turn out exactly as you'd planned. That's not the promise here. It is simply a principle. Getting help is a good thing to do. It is wise. It is a path to making better plans. But not just any help. Um, I don't know if you remember the the previous version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Um, You had lifelines... um, One of the lifelines was always phone a friend. It was without a doubt the most useless lifeline uh, because it turns out people have bad friends. Um, Friends who aren't there, friends who uh, are not prepared, friends who just aren't very bright uh, and friends who end up losing their contestant friends an awful lot of money. We need good help, not just any help. Now the irony is Solomon who wrote much of this book, who compiled the rest of it, uh, a very wise man, his own son... Rehoboam, who was king after him, ignored all these proverbs, or many of them. Uh, Rehoboam took very bad advice and the result of that bad advice was that his kingdom was was thrown into civil war and eventually was divided. See, we need to take advice, but it must be good advice. So where do we go to find good advice? Well, thankfully, God has surrounded us with really good advisors. God has given us the church, this community of believers, Uh, We're here for each other, to to aid each other, to guide each other, to help each other. We have an amazing gift sitting in the pews all around you. 
people who, want, uh, who love you, who want the best for you, who you can trust. And we can ask each other, we ought to ask each other for help when it comes to planning out our futures. Uh, Steve Jobs uh, once said, it doesn't make sense to hire smart people and then tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do. Likewise, it makes little sense for God to gather a community for our help, uh, a community for our good, only for us to ignore them or instead to spend all our time telling them what to do. No, what we have in the church is something special because the church is the people that God has rescued from sin in Jesus. The church is a people who he has filled with the Holy Spirit, a people who are saved and continually being renewed day by day, a people uh, learning and saturating themselves in God's ways and in his wisdom and in his word. I mean, where better can you go for help? It sounds pretty good, doesn't it? But see, sadly, we actually don't do that very much, especially when it comes to making plans. Uh, there's perhaps a whole range of reasons for this. Maybe it is that we're too proud. You know, we, we think, I can just do this by myself. I don't, I don't need help. Maybe we're too ashamed. You know, we, we think we might tell each other our plans. They might say we're, we're foolish or perhaps selfish. Maybe we're afraid that if we tell others our plans, they might say, no, that's a bad idea. Don't do it. Or maybe we're just scared because that sort of vulnerability is too hard for us. Whatever the reason we're actually ignoring an enormous resource that our fears are allowing us to make mountains out of molehills. I mean, after all, say, say one of you calls me tomorrow, uh, says, look, we're planning a holiday, I need your advice. The only way that I, or anyone else for that matter, can say outright no to you is if your plan is clearly sinful uh, in some way, if it's perhaps really selfish or wasteful or immoral for whatever reason, that is the only time that I or anyone else can outright say no. Don't do that. Otherwise, we can only say it's wise or unwise and, and unpack why we think that. And that advice is simply that, advice. You are free to take it or free to leave it. It's, it's not binding, it's not law, uh, it's not a sin if you go against it. You will have to deal with the consequences, but the choice is yours. You have freedom there. It is not wrong to ignore that advice. It is simply there if you want it. See, what we have around us is actually a remarkable opportunity here to receive advice, to take advice, but never to be bound by it. Now, that, of course, needs great grace. Uh, it needs grace in giving advice to do so uh, freely and responsibly, not trying to bind one another to it. But it also takes great humility uh, to being open to receive that. But in there is great blessing for us. Are you planning a family? Well, we have a church full of families and people who've walked that path. Go to them for insight. Are you building or renovating? Talk to someone who's done it. Are you changing career or retraining? We have people who've been there. There is help, there is advice and there is wisdom. You'll only be to told no uh, if your plans are clearly wrong or clearly sinful, in which case we should be very glad to have that, had that pointed out to us. We, we, someone helping us greatly. 
Otherwise we stand to gain much wisdom and much insight. The wisdom that we're free to take or free to leave. But guidance and help either way. Now before we finish, there is one uh, final caution that we have to briefly consider. We want to plan our futures wisely, we want to do it, we want to do it well and so we need to do it to, uh, in remembering to plan the right future. Proverbs 23, 17-18 Do not let your heart envy sinners but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. When it comes to planning, when it comes to thinking about your future, make sure your perspective, make sure your timeline is correct. Uh, Thinking not just about the future, but about the future. In all our plans, in all our decisions, we have to continually be reminding ourselves that there is a future hope for us that God has secured for us in Jesus far beyond our plans and decisions here. There is a glorious and eternal inheritance coming. And knowing that exists has to change how we plan because to, to live in ignorance of what's to come uh, is just foolishness. We found that out by experience a few years back. Uh, we went for a holiday near Brisbane. We've never been to Brisbane, thought we'll spend a few days there. I mean, it's a capital city. There's got to be something worth doing there. Uh, we'll go there. So anyway, as you do, you, you spend lots of time planning your holiday. We planned our accommodation. We spent time choosing the best flights, organising all the baby gear we needed, getting the best deal on rental cars, uh, so on and so forth, hours of work. Uh, and we arrived there, we woke up one morning in Brisbane and realised we know nothing about Brisbane. We didn't even know where in the city we were staying. We'd done all this planning on how to get there and planned not a minute of what to do whilst we were there. And so what we did was just wandered around and wasted heaps of time trying to figure out what people actually do when they're on holiday in Brisbane and I'm still not certain what that is. (laughs) Now it would be foolish for us to do the same thing here but on a far grander scale, wouldn't it? To spend our entire life planning what is essentially the journey whilst giving no thought to what is our destination for eternity. Isn't that crazy? How quickly do we forget that all our plans, all our decisions, all the things we organise here are going to be swept away in a future that will last forever? Instead, we must plan with that future in mind. As Jesus told us, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Or again in Luke's Gospel, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. I mean, doesn't that just put our plans into perspective? (laughs) Actually, doesn't that make it easier to plan? It, It frees us, doesn't it? Knowing that bigger and better is coming. I mean, how does your plans for retirement change knowing that your last years here are not your last years but really just preparation for your forever years? How do your holidays plans or decisions adjust when you know that one day you'll receive rest that lasts forever? How do our building or renovating plans change in light of the fact that we have a home prepared for us by God himself? What plans might we make to invest ourselves there? How might eternity come to bear on our plans for our future? Now we need to plan. Uh, We have to make big plans. We have to make small plans. It's simply a part of life. 
but we can do it well. We can do it wisely. We do it knowing that God is the planner and therefore submitting ourselves and our plans to him. Uh, We do it using the community he has given, calling upon one another and humbly making use of the wisdom that God has granted to us. And we do it seeing all our plans in the light of eternity, guided by the forever future to come. And that is wise planning. That is planning and decision-making in the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 19.23 The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, what a relief it is for us to know that you are sovereign, that in all things you are working out your good and perfect plan, your plan that covers the world, that covers every part of our lives. Father, help us to keep all of this in mind when thinking about our lives, trusting you, submitting ourselves to you in all things. Father, remind us of the freedom that we have in you. Uh, Give us the humility to go to others, to make use of the wisdom you've granted them and help us to keep the eternity you've planned for us in mind always. And so, Father, help us in our plans. May they be for your glory. May they be for your honour, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.